may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Welcome to the fourth view from the Ninian of the 2020-21 season and we're back in the doldrums after a 2-1 loss to Reading. A pretty toothless performance, all things considered. Reading put us to the sword and now things are looking pretty bleak once again. Here to pick the bones out of that performance and everything else involving Cardiff City at the moment are, as usual, Ben Price. Ben, how are you? Yeah, there. Yep, you can sum it up in a noise. Meh. And Tom Phillips, how are you? Sum it up in a noise. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm trying so, to do all that. That's the horrible noise. Yeah. Uh, uh, so neither of you do particularly well, and I guess that's because of what happened on Saturday at home to Reading. Ben, are you happy you bothered watching the game? No. 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 It's uh, it was a waste of a Saturday, to be honest. It was shite. I think yeah. that's the literally the perfect word to sum it up is shite. I mean. The stats don't look so bad. Dominate the shots, possession passes, but the uh, the goals looked pretty. I mean, I don't really know what's going on with our defending at the moment. Do you, Ben? No, Nelson seems to have lost his head. Morrison seems to just be too busy trying to direct. Uh, I'll say two two where to go, and mm-hmm. it all just falls apart. And then the left back issue is something we need to look at as well. I think now. Um, yeah, it's just that, that comfortable back four seems to have like, especially the partnership between Morrison and. Nelson seems to really have fallen apart the last couple of weeks. Again, nothing Smithies could have done for either goal. It's just mm-hmm. defenders and the people in front of him letting him down again. Tom, what did you make of it? First half, I thought we were okay. I thought it wasn't, I don't think it was good to watch. Don't get me wrong. There wasn't a lot that happened, but it felt like, okay, half time came at the right time. They had mm-hmm. a bit, they had their tails up going into that. Um, into half time, we played all right up until that point. We just weren't really creating much, and I thought, right, you know, get the boys in half time now. Come out, all guns blazing. It went completely the opposite way. Second half, they came out, and like you said, I don't know what's happening. We look dangerous attacking set pieces and look completely at sea defending them. It's bizarre. There were shades of it last year. We started to concede a few goals from set pieces, but now we look vulnerable. Not just like the odd one or two. We just look vulnerable trying to defend them. And we just couldn't get the game going. We couldn't get a foothold. And yeah, we scrambled a goal late on. But I never felt like a, an equaliser was coming at any point, to be honest with you. And like, I think you summed it up with the word toothless. Or toothless, depending on where you're from. But like... <laughs> I, I, um, Welsh I, dialect just, is toothless. Yeah, so... Yeah, we, we were toothless. Like, we, we just didn't look like we were going to score. Like, not from... It was a bundled goal, and that was all we were going to get. It, ben, is it worrying, really, that... Against Nottingham Forest, Kiefer Moore scores two. And then against Reading, it doesn't look like he's really in the game. It doesn't look like we're getting anything to him. Is that a worry? Yeah, and I don't think it's Kiefer's fault. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I don't I want to blame I, Kiefer Moore. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you are. I'm just thinking like... Yeah, it sounds like you said I was, Ben. Yeah, Ben James, pipe down, pal. Come on. <laughs> <Leave him alone. laughs> don't go blaming Kiefer now, fuck's sake. <laughs> he's lovely. He's got lovely hair. Leave our Kiefer alone. But yeah, the poor bastard. He must have felt so lonely up there. There was mm-hmm. nothing to him. No, we when without Rawls playing that number ten role, um, there was just no connection between the midfield and the striker. It was just he was so isolated. He needed yeah. if, he, if the ball had come to him, he'd have kept hold of it and called it Wilson. <laughs> That's a, a castaway reference for some of our younger listeners. 
I don't know how old our listeners are. Um, <laughs> we played, what is it? Volks was playing in that number 10 role, right? But did, did he ever Literally. look like he did? It, that's what I wondered, right? Because, I mean, he's not a number 10, is he? At one stage, it was Bakuna. At one stage, it was Volks. Then there was no number 10. Um, it was all just a bit messy. No one sort of, the midfield three really didn't seem to know their roles this week. Um, Pack did his usual thing of sort of just in front and sort of, Pack was all right, actually, to be fair. He's one yeah. of the few that come out and say didn't have a bad game. Um, but yeah, the other two just did not know their jobs. They just no clue how to connect with either the wingers or the striker. And it was just horrific going forward. Uh, on the wingers point, Tom, I think there's been a lot of, um, you know, let's say vitriol aimed at one Ojo on, on Twitter. But I mean, Hoylet's not setting the world alight at the moment, is he either? No, he doesn't look dangerous at all. And he's not been as reliable um, defending as he was before either. It, it, it seems like he is kind of petering out now. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, you don't feel like he's a threat. I, I don't think other teams are scared of him running at them or anything like mm-hmm. that. He doesn't... And the quality of ball into the box is really, really letting us down. We've got someone like Kiefer Moore up there. You just need a half-decent cross and he'll make something yeah. from it. But we're not creating any half-decent crosses. And like, you could see... Moore was dropping further back. He was going further wide to try and make something himself because he was getting nothing from anyone else. And that's worrying. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, he can do it. He can create something himself every now and again, but he shouldn't have to. Like, we should have players there to supply. There was no service whatsoever. And I think... I think it shows like why Glatzel didn't really kind of kick on in certain games as well because he lacked service and he hasn't got the benefit of being absolutely loved because of what he's done for Wales, like Kiefer Moore has. So, like, we're going to be a little bit more forgiving to Kiefer. But it just, it just really highlights the lack of service that we're creating for our front men. It's, it, it's kind of counterproductive, right? We, we sign, like you say, we signed someone like Kiefer Moore, but we're, we're playing inverted wingers who don't seem to be able to get crosses in. And it's kind of then, it, it begs the question, Ben, what is our game plan at the moment? You know, if you're watching the way we play, like you say, the, the midfielders aren't connecting, the defence is all at sea, Kiefer Moore's isolated. What what what's our what's our identity? What's our ethos on the pitch? We haven't got one. It's we're passing a bit more. We're holding the ball. We're getting better possession, but we're turning to one of those teams that sort of gets possession, does fuck all with it. Do we pass it along the back line? Is that where the possession's coming from? No, it's being passed across the middle, and it's nothing's being done with it. It's very easy to defend against. It's going out to the wide players. They're cutting inside, mm-hmm. and it's just massively easy to deal with. The Reading defenders did not have they had. That would be one of the easiest games the Reading defence has had until Tomlin came on. And lo and behold, what a shock that is. You put on a play with a bit of creative instinct that can link the midfield and the defence uh, and the strikers. And suddenly we score. The only time we looked like... The only time Kiefer Moore got into the game, apart from the one chance he created for himself, was when you put a number 10 on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... I get he's not fit. But this player's there that can fill that role if needs be. We've played Hoyler there before. Yeah. If he was on the bench doing nothing and has to be wondering what the hell he's got to do to get a chance at the moment. Mm-hmm. Because the wingers, like we said, the wingers are poor, not in form. Um, and it's just a mess. There's just no, there's no clear identity for what the player's doing. I don't, I'm not hammering Harris for this. It's a difficult situation. Like the the squad is looking thin at the moment. But what is our playing style? How, we, we, when he put that team out, how did he see a score and a goal? 
I think we missed roles as well. I think we can't. We always miss roles. We always, always miss roles. But like, I think try not to be. I'm trying not to be too knee-jerk because we like last week we were like applauded how well we played against Nottingham Forest. But that's becoming they get increasingly shit as we can see mm-hmm. as well. So it might not yeah. be as an impressive a win as we first thought. But you know, we we did lack that creative edge, and we can't rely on a 31 year old bloke like Tomlin who can only last 25 minutes on a field. It's yeah. like there's no depth there. We can't just go look, stay in the game till, because it, it happened at the end of the last season. We kind of stayed in the game until 60, 65 minutes and hit late. I think we did it against like Preston, Bristol City, Bristol. Yeah. where we stayed in the game, we were solid, and then we pushed, relied to push on at the end. But we can't keep doing that as a game plan. Like we've got a, like Forest, we started well. Like we came out of the blocks, we started well, and that's when we kind of, you know, then we can afford to kind of sit back a little bit. But yesterday, um, in the Reading game, we kind of just sat back and I don't know what we were hoping for. I really don't know what we were hoping was going to happen in that game because I think we did, I don't know, someone to fall over in their defence or like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, I really don't know what we were hoping was going to happen. We talk about the possession and I think, you know, I, that's the one thing I've drawn out as a positive really from the game is that we dominated the passing and possession game. I think if you look at the stats, we were around 53% possession. Passes of over 400, which again was unheard of last season. But, what good, as you pointed out, Ben, what good is it if we're not creating anything, if there's nothing coming from it? Because, you know, we always used to, you know, when Swansea used to pride themselves on their, on their passing game, you know, sort of eight, nine, ten years ago, they were passing it along the back line, weren't they? They were passing it between goalkeeper and centre-halves. And it's all well and good passing the ball around. But if you don't do anything with it, then it, it, it's completely pointless. It's a Scott Parker syndrome, isn't it? We were talking yeah. about it with Fulham last season. Yeah. When they're making a thousand passes a game, when seven hundred and ninety of them are between the defenders, centers, the defenders. Yeah. no one doesn't mean shit. Um, yeah, it's just if you look and take a positive, there's a couple for me. Um, I'll say two two look good going forward. Mm-hmm. He was probably the best. He was our right back was the most creative player, which is a worry when you've got yeah players played standard Europa League football for Rangers last year, and Hoylett's made some like a hundred Premier League appearances. Um. They're worries for me. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to well, go for... I'll say Tutu is probably the best player on the pitch for us. Well, let's, let's, let's ask that question. He obviously played quite well for Hoffenheim, Tom, um, when he was slightly further up the pitch. Would you give him a go on the wing? Is that, you know, if we get a right back in, would you give him a go at, at right wing? Well, it can't be any worse, can it, out there? Exactly. Yeah, maybe. maybe. There's more to come from him, definitely. Like, he's a bit raw. There's a few naive decisions and stuff in there. But, like you said, it's definitely one of our more attacking threats in the team. But I suppose if he's doing all right where he is, that's not kind of... Don't spoil it, but I suppose we've got a lovely Gavin White to come back in, haven't we, at some point, to try and make an impact? Is he still there? Who knows? I don't, I don't know. But it, it's <laughs> you know, for, for, for the listeners out there, Ben has got his head in his hands at this stage. But like, yeah, it, it seems like we have options in those positions. But like, like you said, Murphy's not going to look in anywhere. Well, and I mean, if, just, if, if, if we look at the bench, on the bench we had Glatzel, Murphy, Tomlin, they all came on. Gavin White didn't come on. Saul Bamber, not sure why he's there. Joe Day and goals and, and Joel Baggin, right? And I mean, you know, there's three, there's four attacking players there. Glatzel came on, I assume, did nothing. Josh Murphy came on, did nothing. Lee Tomlin came on and scored a goal. I mean, we've got players on the bench, but they're not really changing games, are they, when they come on? It's just... <laughs> We need a Tomlin that can last 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, but and, and it's not going to come from Tomlin. Like, he's never going to be a player now. There's no, no point is he, is it going to click. We can keep asking Harris, is he fit? 
is he going to be fit? No, the answer is he's never going to be fit for 90 minutes. So we no. need someone else in that position who can do what Tomlin does for that 20-minute period. And instead, we're leaving players go. We're not using the players we got on the bench and stuff to try and do we're something. We're not changing things. We're not changing things. And it's just we can't keep like just relying on this 31-year-old bloke who's never going to come fully good. That's and not true. Little... We, we did change things. We stuck Glatzel yeah. off. So we put two strikers up top isolated instead of one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not changing the way it should count. Like the kids, no, yeah, the dis- yeah sorry. The dis- I did, we yeah. made changes. We're not changing the system. Yeah, the yeah. disconnect was there to be seen for the whole 90 minutes. And it's, it was just frustrating. I think, look, Rawls does help that when he comes back in. There's no doubt. Like, he can find a pass and stuff. But we, we seem... We've got no plan B and we've got very little depth in that squad. And that's what worries bare- me if we don't start we've right. We've barely got a plan A at the moment. Yeah, I know. That's it. It feels very early days of Harris, doesn't it? It felt back to yeah. that early goal conceded in the second half as well. Don't forget that. Yeah. Was it 40 seconds in? Yeah. Um, it just felt very back to where we were in January, or earlier that, December. Which is, which is weird because in some, like we say, we talk about the possession, we talk about the passage. We've made strides in that front where we do, we're keeping the ball more. But we're, we're, we're making those same mistakes we made when we were getting 30% possession. So it's almost like, what's the point? Yeah. He's got more of the ball to fuck it up with. Yeah. And I mean, I mean the, the one positive, obviously, Tomlin coming on. He had 70 minutes for the under-23s, I think, in the week. Uh, he's come off the bench and scored a goal. I mean, Ben, is that something that we can, we can cling on to that may kickstart Tomlin's season? Or do you expect him to be back on the bench next week? Oh, we've got to cling on to it because otherwise we're not going to score, are we? Um, we I really want him to come good, but it screams that it's just glaringly obvious that we need someone to come in and sort of take the weight off Tomlin because he's mm-hmm. not going to play 46 games a season. If he just can't, he's not going to play. He's not going to play many 90 minutes. Never mind the full like. Don't forget at the moment we're at one game a week as well. Yeah, in a couple yeah. of weeks it point. gets intense for the rest of the season, and if we're going to end up going half the go- half the games without scoring or creating any chances if we don't sort that address that. But yeah, for now, Tomlin getting a bit playing ninety minutes of football in a week is a very good thing for us. And Tom, I mean, is it is it too early to say that this this could be? You know, Tomlin had his his very good season last year, eighteen goals, assists, Player of the Year, and all that kind of stuff. He Flat to deceive up until that point is, have we seen the peak of Tomlin at Cardiff City? I'm not sure we've seen the peak. It just needs to be used in the right way. I'm not, we mm-hmm. can't use him as our focal point. We need mm-hmm. options elsewhere. And I think he's got a lot to give. But like I said, it's not going to be over 90 minutes. And it's all right having a luxury player like Tomlin if you've got something to happen before we use the luxury player. We can't just go, we'll stay average for a bit and then we'll have a little bit of flair towards the end. You know, we need, we need depth. We need more in that, we need more in that area. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not the end of him, far from it, but we need something else to go like to, to coincide with it. And on that note, we'll go over to Hugh from the Ninian for his take on Saturday's performance. Too little, too late. Your dad is Tom Jones. Um Sticking with Reading for a little bit, um, obviously there was uh, some kind of focus on on Neil Harris's post-match press conference comments. But usually he's asking questions of himself and answering those. Um, but obviously he talked around kind of Callum Patterson and, and uh, his move. And I mean, we'll come to the, the wider kind of 
talk of Callum Patterson. But the, some of the things he said were, were kind of almost like him stamping his his mark on things. He said, I am the manager of the football club and support the club and the decisions they make. It's not about me as an individual. It's about me having options within the squad. He obviously wasn't clear on the progress of the transfer. And I think a few people are reading into that. Um, ben, is, is, it, is it fair to say are we seeing uh, the first frustrations of Harris in all this? Because I think he's talked about the need to sell, to bring players in. We've got rid of Etheridge. We'll come, I'll talk through the players we've got rid of and everything else. But we aren't seeing the movement the other way yet, are we? Do you think he's frustrated? Do you think he's voicing some of those concerns there? I think he's frustrated, but I think he's about aligned with these comments, to be fair. Um, you've got to look at the whole scenario. Even if the club hadn't told him mm-hmm. what's going on, Harris hasn't played Patterson. Harris clearly isn't interested mm-hmm. in him. He can't work out Callum Patterson. He can't find where to fit him in. So if the club are going to sell him, that if your club are looking to offload players, then he's one they're going to offload because he's an asset. Mm-hmm. And we'll go into more about that. But <laughs> let's look back when, before we knew that news. Um yeah, so even if you didn't, but I don't believe that the club went behind and sort of saw, like the whole situation of they, he didn't know Patterson was going to Sheffield Wednesday until you read it in Wales Online or read it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying that for a second. Tom, do you, you, know, do you think, uh, just the same question to you really, do you think Harris is frustrated? Do you think he's, he's out of line, as Ben said? I think it was a combination of the game as well and just everything that was going on. I think he went to an event about something... <laughs> But mm-hmm. I think you would be slightly frustrated. Perhaps we are trying to get people in and we're failing to do it. But when you're seeing people go out the door and it's not... Like, the Kiefer Moore signing, fantastic. You thought, £2 million, that, that's cheap. I, I can't believe other people went in for him. I can't believe like we got him for that cheap. It, it seems like a fantastic signing. But then you see the fees that we're willing to get rid of people for. And then it suddenly doesn't look quite as good business, does it? <laughs> Have we overpaid? <laughs> Yeah, no, we haven't overpaid there. We're just making fuck all from elsewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, let's, uh, let's go to the, the kind of situation we see with the, the transfers in and out at the moment. So, obviously, over the summer, we've seen, you know, Omar Bogle leave, Jazz Richards has gone, Danny Ward's gone, we've sacked uh, Mendes Lang, Etheridge, now Patterson's going. We also lost Sanderson and Adoma from loan deals, and we also released a bunch of the youth players. In return, so far, we've signed, obviously, uh, Osei Tutu, who we like, Kiefer Moore, who everyone likes, and Shea Yojo. Um, you know, if we're, if we're in, in, in the kind of balance of things, if we're losing all those players and he wants to replace players, you know, we haven't, we've really only signed Osei Tutu at right back. We need another right back, really. Um, if we're getting rid of Patterson, does that mean we need another backup striker and another number 10? Um, I, I wrote in here, perhaps naively, with the Pato deal expected to be sort of two to three million pounds that money would obviously go to invest in the squad. But obviously, we know slightly differently now, which will what we'll come to. At the best estimates, we've probably got around £5 million off the wage bill now. I think from uh, the best available information, that includes Richards, Wards, NML, Etheridge, Patterson. Uh, that's around £5 million in wages. Ben, do you think if he is pissed off with the way things are going behind the scenes, do you think he has fair reason to be pissed off at this stage? Yeah, if the, if the board aren't supporting him in bringing players in and saying there's no money there... <laughs> when we've offloaded that many players. And yeah, he's more than right to be annoyed about that. Um, it, I'd be worried if he wasn't annoyed about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you look at who's the people off the... They're big earners. The headline four board, Mendes, Etheridge and Patterson, we know they're going to be on decent contracts. I think that's uh, four, I think that's about £4 million in total, from what yeah, I've so been able to glean clearly shows that the money we the club have made chips like sacrifices to go to get rid of those four and only expect two players back isn't 
too much to ask, I don't think. No. No, no, it's, 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 it's a bit of a demoralising situation. And, and Tom, I mean, where do you see the players needing to come in? I think we'll come to the clamour for new signings now. But, you know, of the players that have left, you know, who, who needs to be replaced most urgently? I think we talk about right-backs, the number 10, and, and perhaps another striker. Is that where you see the players needing to be replaced? I think number 10 is huge. It's like, yeah, you might not have seen Patterson as his type of player, but he was an option. And we're getting rid of options now and we can't yeah. afford to get rid of options because we're thin on the ground. I'm hoping that perhaps we're quietly doing deals. Like, you know, we've done it in the so past. So quietly that you won't tell us. Yeah, exactly. But like, we've seen in the past that where we've signed someone out of nowhere and it hasn't been reported beforehand and I'm hoping there's some of that going on. But that's, I think I'm just clutching, to be honest. But I think, yeah, 10 is key. We need, yeah, need another fullback. It's just that 10 role, actually. It's just kind of like we need that... If we, we need depth across the board, I think, pretty much. But we haven't even got anything there in the first place, really. With yeah. we're, all, we're, we're permanently talking about who we can try there. That could work there. Why don't we try Rawls there? Why don't we bring Murphy in there? Or we could just sign someone to play there. That would or be a we good could idea. Play, or we could just play Pats in there. Yeah, exactly. He was the only option we really had outside of Tomlin. Maybe not, like like we said, Harris's plan A, but it was a plan. And now we've gotten out. So we've got no plan. No plan. But yeah. I mean, I mean, the next, the, the next, the next item on the agenda was the how do you solve a problem like Callum Patterson? And the first point I've got there is half a million fucking quid. And I think you know, if if, if you're listening now, and it, we we recorded this on a Sunday night, and it was just as the news was breaking, really, that the fee around Callum Patterson is. £600,000. And, and the question I've got here, Ben, is I understand the need to sell to buy, but we may as well not bother for half a million quid because who's that going to buy us in this market? No one. Realistically, I'm... no one's stupid enough to sell a decent player half a million quid apart from us. Which is good. Yeah, which is handy. <laughs> it's fucking mental. You've got a Scottish international player with Premier League experience that scored a couple of goals in the Premier League and what's he have two, three years left in his contract? 2022, his contract expires, yeah. That's the mad bit. That's the Half bit that baffles me. a million me. fucking quid. I mean, what is that? I, I, like, when you, I, I think this is the point that I, I, I struggle with, really. If you look at Brentford this summer side, Ivan Tony from Peterborough, who was outstanding in League One last year, obviously outstanding, was a top scorer, I think, 25, 26 goals. They're paying £5 million, rising to £10 million for a player from League One. So if we're looking at the best number 10 and the best attacking midfielder from the Championship, League One, we're going to be paying at least four or five million pounds. What's half a million pounds on that? It's 10% of the transfer fee. Well, you, I mean, if we've seen it, the club value him a quarter of Kiefer Moore. Yeah. And I mean, they've both got lovely hair. Mm, so the hair yeah. alone. It's, it's just, it's, you know, I, I, I am, you know, personally one of Callum Patterson's biggest fans. Um, you know, I think it's, it's it, it, this has struck me as just incredibly short sighted. Like you say, we're we're short of a cover at number ten. When when Patson played at number ten in that promotion season, he was actually pretty good. At number ten, he was good in the Premier League as a, a, a you know a, not an out and out striker, and he even had a good part of this season. What was it? Five six goals in eleven games over Christmas. The last game we played before lockdown, he got a goal against Barnsley. You know, he was still in the plans then. All of a sudden, he's out of the plans, and we get rid of him for half a million quid. It's pathetic. I've got no problem with the club selling Patterson. Um, we're three years into him. And I don't know what position he is. And as a manager, that's either a blessing or a curse. Depends what you want. Mm-hmm. If you like players that are fixed in one position so you can get the best out of them, 
that's a nightmare. And I think I see it Harris as one of those blokes. He's not like Warnock that likes versatile players. He likes, mm-hmm. right, this is the players I've got in this position, this is the players I've got in that position. So selling him on that basis, no problem at all. Makes sense. He's a big earner, that's fine. The problem I've got is that fucking transfer fee. Jesus Christ. I could have gone in there and negotiated a better fee than that. I get Wednesday haven't got a pot to piss in and they're taking a decent wage, but fuck me, half a million quid. I, mm. I was annoyed when it sort of broke on Twitter that some people were saying it was around a million quid to one and a half. Yeah. Jesus. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, I do agree, to be fair. Like I, like I said earlier, I try and find the positives in things, but this one I really can't kind of... Mm. It's like, for him to go to like Wednesday as well, who are like a points deduction and stuff, it's not like they're going to be... He's not gone there because he thinks he's got a chance of going up. He's gone to a, um, a club who's going to rival us for like a playoff spot or anything like that. And then half a million pounds is just ridiculous. Like long gone are the days you can sign someone from, like you were saying earlier about fees in League One and stuff. You're not going to pluck someone from there for a plucky 200 grand and he's going to come good. It's, it's gone now. I hope, like I said, I hope we've got something lined up. I really can't see it. And he's like, he scored goals. I wouldn't concentrate on the Scottish international bit, like Ben said earlier on, you know, I'm not sure, sure that's a sign of quality because they're garbage. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, like you said, he's got 10 goals in the Premier League and you don't get that for being a complete mug of well, a player. Do you know what I mean? I mean, his, his goal record for, for us is about one every four games. I think when he was, um, and it's, it's in my surprising start of the week a bit later on, but Lee Tomlin last year is, you know, uh, the best player of the season got 18 goals and assists. Patterson, when he was playing number 10, got 15. Like, he's not far off who no. we see as our best player. So it, it just, it's, it's kind of beggar's belief, really, that we're just willing to, to, to shed him off for half a million quid. And, you know, like, you know, I'm saying I'm biased because he's a bit of a cult hero, but when, when you look at Cardiff City, Cardiff City has always been that club where there is someone who just inspires the fans a little bit more than other people do. You know, we had Kevin McNaughton in the past, you know, we go back to people like Graham Kavanagh and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. They're players who just, you know, who understand the club. And I think Callum Patterson is that kind of person, right? He just gets what it is to be a footballer. And in an era of joyless football where everything's about business decisions, we're, we're literally making a trade-off now. We've gone, let's sell him for half a million quid because he's an asset and we need to get rid of him for someone who is a passionate footballer who makes football fun. Yeah, And it's and just kind of, it, it just it just stinks. And like he's a character as well, and he's not the car so that people kind of no. think he is. He, he he he's scored some great goals. Yes, he's had some ones with just scrambles and knocking people out of the way, and he wins headers all over the shop. But it's a good thing he wins headers all over the shop. It's not the only thing he does. Well, he's he's, good... he's his debut in the Premier League, and I couldn't find the tweet, but his debut in the Premier League was he won the most headed aerial duels. Yeah of any player for sort of 16, 17 years. And I think that's just literally as far back as records go. He, he played against Burnley. He got 24 aerial duels, I think it was. And it, yeah, he wins headers. But like you say, he's, I just think he's so under, under, underrated in that sense. He's quite a technically gifted footballer at times. Yeah. If you look at that first season, yes, his first goal was a slide tackle where he blocked it into the net. But then a lot of his other goals were him breaking lines and getting on the edge of the box where a number 10 should be. And coming in late on balls, he was backing up Zahor and the ball broke to him. He had that volley against Derby. I think he scored a good volley against Brentford. It was late runs into the box to get on headers. That, that kind of thing is, is, is quite hard to, to replicate by any other player. Even Tomlin doesn't make those late runs for headers and those late runs necessarily on the ball because he's often playing a bit deeper. It's just... I, I just don't know what... It's frustrating because... I think I, I think I say it's short-sighted. I think that in, in three, four months' time, 
we're going to be looking around at the bench. We're in a nil-nil game. We're going to be, who can we bring on? Glatzel, who is a lesser player than Kiefer Moore at this stage. We're going to bring on, what, Josh Murphy or Junior Hoyler, depending who started. Unless we sign anyone, who are we going to have off the bench to come on and try and change the game? Patterson would do that because you could say, go up front, go to 10, go on the wing and just make yourself a fucking nuisance. And we're not going to have anyone to do that. We need and the season we got, to get called off, don't we, really? We need... <laughs> ideally, ideally, <laughs> lockdown happens, he can't complete the transfer, season's expunged and we keep him. Who's the bloke that mothballed Mercer? Can we get him in? <laughs> Give him a go. I mean, they did it all quite subtly, didn't they? And then just kind of ruined their season. Like... Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about cult heroes and Callum Patson has proven himself as a bit of a cult hero, but, you know, we, we're going to miss him, right? I said, will we miss him? We are going to miss him, aren't we, Tom? Yeah, both on and off the pitch, isn't it, really? Like, yeah. He, he offered us something that other players didn't. Um, like you said, those goals, like those headers, the late runs into the box, we haven't got anyone to do that now. Yeah, we might not need that all the time, but it's, it's an option, it's there. He did that. And like you said, like it is joyless at times, football. Like there's some weekends, I'm just like, I don't know even why I'm into this sport. But he was a character, you know. And we are lacking characters, like, Patterson, not just at our club but across football, to be honest. Yeah, and it's it's um it's a massive gain for Sheffield Wednesday, which is quite a difficult time for them as well. So have someone like that come into the dressing room when you're you know you fight them a losing battle from the start of the season. It's it's great to have someone like that. And yeah, I'm I'm gutted to be honest. I I love a player like that, and yeah, I'm absolutely gutted to see him go. I just think, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm Callum Patterson's biggest fan club. Like he in in the best way possible, he makes everyone think that they could probably go out and do a fucking job on the football pitch because he just goes out there and you could put him at right back, left back, centre half, midfield, and he gives it everything. And like, like you say, we, we transformed him from a right back into a number 10. He was successful. In the Premier League, we put him up front in, in lieu of having another striker because he was obviously better up front than Ken Zahor, a man who has trained all his life to be a fucking striker. And he went out there and he immediately had an impact. And he scored goals at Anfield. He scored goals at Southampton that were crucial. Like, he didn't, necessarily just score against the weaker teams he went he went to Anfield and got goals against defenses that included Virgil van Dijk like he's clearly no mug and now we're just getting rid of him because we can get half a million quid for him you mentioned Zahor there we got eight million for him I think the club have forgotten they got eight million quid for him yeah it's like so how when you compare those two transfers he is not 16 times better than Callum Patterson Ken Zahor so we got a good business for him why can't we do it for like get a little bit 500 grand it's just mental absolutely mental um for, for those who who, looks that, who who on the board looks that and thinks it's a good deal well this that's, is the, thing, that's right? the bit i don't get is seriously like who the fuck like can who can chu and dalman and all of those are walking out of there how, how on earth at the end of those negotiations they're going well that's a good deal lads but also if surely they're coming to neil harris and going we've got half a million quid for him is neil harris at any point going bit low does he ever say well that's that's it like what's the make of things like we've we've uh, well, is, 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 the, is the transfer committee still the same as it was under warnock with the manager no, and, I, I, I was say, and it must be it must be right you think but i just i i don't understand like none of us can pretend we know what goes on in a transfer dealings but we all fucking know enough to think half a million quid for that how have you come out of there and gone, I'm happy with that half a million quid, let's shake on that for a player of Calipatterson standing? He must be fucking fuming. Honestly, he must be absolutely spitting feathers. 
it's it's a disservice to him, isn't it? That we yeah. we value him so little that we're we're willing to get rid of him at the first first opportunity for under market value. And, and like you said, look, we'll, we'll come on. Let's, let's we'll move on to the clamour for new signings. Obviously, there's a couple of weeks left of the transfer window. The transfer window is a bit different this year because we've got this domestic window that runs till mid-October, where we can trade and swap with Premier League clubs, which might have a bearing on things. But we're in a process now where we're we're selling players, right? It, we're getting rid of Patson, we've got rid of Etheridge, we've sacked Mendes Lang, and all that kind of stuff. And there's this clamour for new signings, and this is going to intensify things, isn't it? Um, Tom, you know, getting rid of Patterson who everyone likes and getting half a million quid for him. They need to replace him with someone now. Right. And the talk has been Nokia, but would you want Nokia and replace him for Patterson or would you, where else are you looking? Yeah. Like I don't think it's a bad sign in, but there's a reason why he keeps coming back down to the championship. Once teams he's been at, have gone up. Do you know what I mean? Like Hmm. you can't three times. Yeah, exactly. But he does a job, but not, not as good a job as you think he does. I don't think he's as like prolific as some people think he is. He looks good on the ball and stuff, but I, he's not going to be the answer to all our problems. But it's an option again. Like at the moment, we need bodies. Yeah. And to be honest, we, t- and we get, and that's why that f- obviously again we've gone on about it for about twenty minutes now. But again, rid of Patterson is madness because he's a body. He's someone who can come on the pitch, and we we are running out. Rap- if we have injuries, we are really in shit street, and like we need people through the door. As quick as we can. Uh, yeah, uh, Nokia's not going to come cheap, right? I, you know, I had I, I spoke to someone this week, and they said, you know, it's worth a punt on Nokia. But Ben, he he signed for Fulham less than six months ago, I think, for ten fifteen million pounds. Yeah, ten million quid, I think it was, including the loan fee. Yeah. And you, you speak to Fulham fans; they've not exactly got glowing references for him. No, um, he's not. I think a lot of people, like myself, when I first heard of it, got clouded by the form he showed first of all for Brighton. Yep. Thinking back to that player, he's not that player anymore. Was he 29, 30? 28, 28, 29. Yeah. Yeah. So like the pace has gone a bit, you're looking at a more expensive junior Hoylet, to be honest, that's the feeling I sort of get from Fulham, Fulham, uh, Fulham fans and sort of their review. And same to be fair, same with Brighton. They said exactly the same, that they love that he's a bastard. I know he doesn't love a bastard, but. But he's not the right type of bastard, right? Like, He's he's petulant. He's not like Patson, who's going to throw himself around. We come back to Patson. Like Patson will throw himself around and be petulant. Knockout will be petulant, but he's not going to dive in two footed on someone, is he? No. No, he's yeah. going to kick out. He's, he's, a kick he's going to out kick out. Person. He's going to lie yeah, on the floor. He's going to kick out and go. Oh, ref, you should be sent off for that. Yeah, we love a trier, and that's why Patterson fitted into the mould. He's not a trier. He's just a little, it's like a spoiled brat. He's a little guy. shit. He's a little he's shit, a little yeah. I mean, we need a I bit mean, of that in the team. There's, quality, got... there's a quality player there. Don't get, like, you look at what he's done. He scored a couple of goals this season for Fulham. I, I remember one of them being an absolute worldie. But we don't need that sort of player, sort of ageing wingers. We've got one of those. His name's Junior Hoylet. Um, we need pace with a bit of quality. It's the, quali- it's the quality bit that we're missing. We've, we've, got, we've got pace, but we need to find it for half a million quid. Apparently, yeah. I mean, we the other the two rumours we've had over the last couple of weeks that I mean I don't know where they've come from were obviously anti Nokia, which it sounds like it was just agent chatter. The other one, and I've written small rumpus on the old agenda, but I mean small rumours around Jonathan Swift from Reading, because <laughs> um, that came from a, like a Reading live chat, you know, like the the transfer live chat on. I mean, Jonathan Swift would be a good signing, but there's no way we're getting him for less than five, six million pounds, are we? Well, ten. I think some Premier League clubs came in with about six million. Yeah, you're now. right, actually. But we're just not I mean, getting him. 
That is the first. No. That is the first player I've seen us linked with. I thought, oh, easy tidy. I'd be happy with that. He could replace Tomlin, right, Ben? Yeah, he could actually replace sort of, Tomlin. He's the exact sort of player we need. He'd be he'd get fans excited, and he's the sort of player I'd love to see us go for. Mm-hmm. We're not going to. We're going to sign someone shit on loan from Manchester United, but he's the sort of player that I think we should be snobolic to get. But he's, like he could be, and he's not. What's he? Twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, mid to mid to early twenties. Perfect age to bring in and sort of have for a couple of years. And sort of, you've got then the option for two two years of Tomlin and him rotating. Then you can build the team around him a bit. The hell of a signing. But the club haven't got the ambition for that. Well, they haven't got the money either because we're getting half a million pounds of Callum Patterson. Tom, I mean, if if <laughs> we've had Jonathan Swift, we've had Anthony Nokia as the only rumours we've heard. What other options are there out there that we could sign? Like, who do you actually think, realistically, we could sign? With the money that is clearly we haven't got, with the, the allure that we clearly don't have, who would who would you consider signing? Christ, I don't know. You you just got to kind of hope that other clubs are willing to offload their players for half a million pound for no reason. Only <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Um, I think the this only... is a problem. There's not there's not a huge amount of players who are kind of out there. I think that's one of the issues as well. That's no, why we haven't he... seen bodies coming through the door. And there's a lot of loan signings going on. There's not many teams who are willing to get rid of players at the moment. The only number 10 I can think of that I know is on a free transfer who could come and play for us is Marcus Madison. He was at Peterborough last year, had a really good start of the season, went to Hull on loan and fell away. He's without a club, he's been released, and he's a number 10 who's a bit of a bastard. But he's not been picked up by any clubs at the moment, so clearly there's something there. But like, I can't think of another player that I think is realistically a target in that number 10 position. I actually think that would be a bad shout. He's not a bad player if you can get him playing well. Yeah. Um, but when you say about... Uh, free transfer not being picked up. I don't think any free transfer has been picked up, to be honest. You look, even people like Gunter. Yeah, um, it's, it's a strange no, market, no isn't it? No one's picking up free agents at the moment. They're seeing what they can do and then looking at the books afterwards and going, right, we'll take him. Yeah. Um, and I think the players are holding out just to get, when the transfer window's closed, they can they can ask for a grand or two more as well. Do you, uh, do you, do you think then, and this is the next question on the agenda, do you think that the, the domestic window that's going to run until the 16th of October... Is that having a bearing on things? Because obviously Premier League clubs can't, don't need to necessarily sell until that window at the moment, right? Because they can sign whoever they want. I presume that the registration of the squads and things like that might be based around that week rather than at the moment. So do you think there'll be a flurry of activity in those two weeks for, our, for clubs like us, Ben? Yeah, 100%. I think that's when the majority of the business will be done. It'll be, you've got two deadline days coming up. Jim White's going to have two, two orgasms in the space of a month. Um, I hope he's got two yellow ties. Toby's not around, but <laughs> also, but yeah, what, dead. No, on holiday. <laughs> well, he's Alan Brazil's locked. fallen over, blocked in talk sport. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> he's five. But yeah, um, yeah, that's when all the business can be done. I just think everyone's looking to see what we can get filtered down from the Premier League, and a lot of those players aren't going to get released. The Premier League's done all their business, and they know where they stand. Nothing's no no. Every club, I think, is waiting for those two months, those two weeks. But, Tom, are we like second-class citizens when it comes to Premier League clubs now for loans? You see Man United have got Tahith Chong, he's gone to Werder Bremen, you know, Conor Gallagher's from Chelsea to Crystal Palace. Are we going to get the good players anymore? Are we going to get the almost like the slightly younger, worse players? I think our reputation doesn't help. Like, you're not going to want to send a young player to a club that's been known for playing farm 
footballer for the last like three seasons. It's, this is where someone like Swansea kind of describing themselves as Swans alone there has mm-hmm. actually helped them because people are willing to send the youngsters there and they've got a progressive manager. And I was hoping with Harris, he's had like quite a good reputation of bringing youngsters through a Millwall. You think, oh, we might get through youngsters through the door here. But I think mm-hmm. that reputation of just being lumping the ball and just kind of playing an attractive football is just not going to work in our favour. So it's looking good then? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Looking good. Um, <laughs> it's a positive we... one this week, lads, isn't it? Positive one this <laughs> oh, week. I mean, hell. look, I can try and uh, rein into positivity with my surprising start of the week. Uh, I don't even know if that's surprising anymore. I think I tweeted it out. So if you've read it already, don't worry about it. Um, you know, I think we've got two players at the club. One we're selling, Callum Patterson for half a million quid, and one Josh Murphy, who I think a lot of fans would drive would want to drive to the next club because they don't see the value in him, which is very unfair in my view. Um, and obviously, I think... We as Cardiff fans, we've talked about it before, right? With Danny Ward and Kenza Hall. We, we look at players elsewhere who we think, ah, the grass must be greener with them, so we must want to sign them, right? And I think the, the case has never been more clear with Anthony Nokia and, and, and Josh Murphy. I think if you look at, if, you know, if we're looking to sign someone like Anthony Nokia, we're going to be spending four, five, six million pounds. There's going to be a loan fee and he's going to come in on high wages and high expectations. But if you look at the stats from last season, I think Nokia got three goals and five assists across the season. Josh Murphy got five goals and three assists across the season. So why aren't we just prioritising the players we do have? Why, why aren't we giving, trying to get more confidence into Josh Murphy? And I think that, you know, we're kind of looking at things now where, where the knockout syndrome is almost replacing the Danny Ward syndrome, right? Because we're looking at to sign a player as a name who we think can get us up, when in reality we have players who are good enough to do that. And it's, it's similar for Callum Patterson. I think if you look at, if you look at the reaction to him, him being sold, is a lot of people are just like, well, he's a lump and he's a very technically limited footballer. But in that first season, as we said earlier on, he got you know, 15 goals and assists across the season. And last season, we lauded Lee Tomlin to get an 18. And, and Lee Tomlin is rightly a very creative focal point in our team. But we're, we're so willing to overlook players, really. And when you know, Patterson, in reality, his production's not that far off Lee Tomlin. So he could have been our backup number 10. Harris just doesn't see him there, though, does he? The manager doesn't view him there. But it's, also, it's also amazing how much more popular on Twitter Josh Murphy came the longer Ojo was going Yes, on Saturday. Well, I mean, <laughs> could, is, is this a kind of like a deflection war by Josh Murphy? Let Ojo play and, and then he'll come on and be like a breath of fresh air, right? I think it felt like that. It's, it's amazing how quickly, and like we say football fans are fickle. But there were some people I saw tweeting that a few weeks ago, they never want to see Murphy in a card of shit again. Um, Ojo gave the ball away for that second goal and suddenly fucking Murphy was the next Messi well you know don't like to say it but I think Cardiff City fans are up there with some of the most fickle in the world I I, that's just purely purely subjective because I haven't got a fucking clue what Real Betis fans are like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I chose Betis um, we, we, haven't, we haven't mentioned it in a few weeks but um, fantasy football um, has anyone got the league open so they can check it because I haven't I just, sorry, I just noticed I'd been blocked by right said Fred. So that was making oh. me giggle while you were going on about that stat. Oh, so you weren't listening to me then? I was. It's just I saw that pop up that, I, that the right said Fred block and it just made me laugh. Uh, yeah, I've got me, the yeah. fancy football here. Go on, Ben. Talk us through it, please, mate. So, top of the league is Ryan March with Dynamo Bums. Um, 174 points so far. Um, That's pretty good, have- actually. It's a solid score, that. Um, oh, sorry, he's joint first with uh, Karif Khan, who's uh-huh. 134. And then they're quite, he's quite a way ahead. Um, below them is George N. Edwards, 
with 152 points. So that's like a big jump. Um, I how, think. How, how are we getting on? Who's the highest out of, out of us three? Out of us three. Am I even I, in the league? You are, but I'm in the lead. Oh, you bastard. Um, I'm on 128 points. I sit comfortably in 22nd. I say comfortably. It ain't great for any of us, to be honest. <laughs> my, I, I can understand George. why my tactic isn't working, by the way. I've gone for the. Let's put Welsh people in the squad, even if they're not playing. <laughs> ben, ben, you're just below me, actually. You've done all right this week. Uh, you're on 126 yeah. points. You're in 24th. Get in. Come on, me. Tom with the Ampadouches. 105 points. Yeah, I'll do too badly then. Don't give a shit about the Premier League, boys. It's joking. Uh. You say not too bad. He's 30th out of 34 people. <laughs> oh, yeah. So unlucky, mate. There's a game tomorrow. None of us, none of us are top half. That's a shame. That is a shame. But I mean, it's a good job we have a podcast where we dis- dissect football, right? Because we clearly know a lot about it. Know nothing about the Prem. Daily days, all I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, you know, we'll, we'll keep tack-, tack on things during the season. And uh, the winner will get a Cardiff City prize of some sort. And going over to Gennaro Gattuso now, he'll explain what the prize will be. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> oh, God, I'm having a laugh. Um... Right, looking ahead to Blackburn. Um, oh, let's not. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's touch on this one very quickly and then get into view from the Indian Hall of Fame to round it off. Blackburn are flying. They beat Derby 4-0 at the weekend. Yeah. It's nice, it's nice to see someone's having a worse time this season than us and Derby having a fucking shocker. Derby are, yeah, Derby are on zero points from three, just above Wickham, um, just above Sheffield Wednesday by virtue of minus eight. Uh, what team are we playing again? Blackburn. Yeah. yeah, nine right, goals in two six. games. Nine goals in two games. I couldn't see them in the league then. I thought I'd gone blind. Um, <laughs> they scored five against Wickham, four against Derby. Does it worry you going into this weekend? Ben, you're, you look almost moribund there. Are you okay? Yeah, just the thought of more disappointment for the weekend. I had a nice weekend other than that, to be honest. This the card. We, I mean, let's not look ahead to Blackburn then, because we know it's going to be shit. Did you have a nice weekend then? What did you do apart from the Cardiff game? I went to the tip again. <laughs> You went to the tip. What did you have to throw away this time? Uh, half a cupboard. Half and Callum Patterson. You might as well have just thrown him in the tip. Yeah, the other half yeah. of the fee for Callum Patterson. Um, Tom, how was your weekend? Oh, not great, really. You know, I, I thought, you know, probably the last time I get to go to the, the seaside, well, the weather's nice and not in lockdown, and I burnt my face. So You are looking quite red. Yeah, um, but that, come on, let's, look, let's have a little look at Blackburn, shall we? Well, well, I want to know what Ben got up to this weekend. <laughs> well, I flew back from Greece yesterday, didn't I? So um, and I played my first Sunday league game of the season where I got an assist for hoofing the ball 60 yards and our striker managed to lob the keeper from the touchline. So. Yeah, you win. You're yeah, an option. Say, can, I guess can you, play, can you play 10? I, I, give it, well, I ended up playing... I've never played defensive midfield in my life and they put me at defensive midfield for most of the second half today. Uh, we didn't concede another goal. So basically, I'm Gary Medell. I'm Gary Medell, but about a foot taller. Um, I mean let's look at Blackburn right they've got some good players haven't they Bradley Johnson in his twilight of his career scored two at the weekend Um, they're still without Bradley Dack which is quite a worry really because he's quite good Um, where do you see this game going Tom do you see us getting anything from uh, a tough tough visit is it visit is it away away at Blackburn away I think yeah but they've got like Adam Armstronger top as well who I think will be top scorer just just to really he's class rub it in. he is class like I think I think he'll be top scorer in the in the championship this year and I think we've got to really be careful in this game because 
like, what happened with them against Derby as well? They scored like three goals in the space of about five they minutes. Were three, three nil up in fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah, and they can they can. There was like eleven, twelve, and fifteen minutes they scored in, and they can they can cut loose pretty quickly. And if we switch off, which we tend to do for five ten minute periods, it can be really costly <laughs> for eighty ninety minute periods. Um, yeah, until Tomlin comes on. Um, but oh, bless you, Ben. Uh, Adam Armstrong's shot accuracy is a very, very nice 69%. He's got a goal every nice. 54 minutes. Five goals for the season already. Ben, what changes would you make apart from the whole team? Yeah, the whole fucking lot apart from Smithies. And Keeper um, Moore because he's lovely. Yeah. Ideally, I'd want Tomlin to start and actually show some creativity. Hopefully, Rolls is fit. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's fit, but like physically fit. Physically fit, yeah. We've signed Messi on a free, bought him in, something like that would be tidy. Still unhappy at Barca, isn't he? So there is a chance. No, if he, if he wants, why be, why be unhappy in, in Catalonia when you can be unhappy in Cardiff Canton. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Canton, Lunia. Canton, Lunia. Canton, Lunia. Right, let's not go too far because we'll get attacked by I Loves the Diff for claiming on his uh, in, uh, copyright. Um, let's have a little prediction on who is going to score the goals. Not the score. Who's going to score the goals, Tom? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Adam Armstrong, all five. No, um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think they'll beat us one nil. Adam Armstrong. Adam Armstrong, yeah. Ben. Yeah, who's going to score the goals? Blackburn are going to score the goals. Oh. Um, yeah, I can't see anything but like a two nil win to Blackburn. All right, uh, I'll go opt- optimistic. I think we're going to win two one. Keep them all with all three. Yeah, it's just going to get an own goal for a laugh. Um, right, rounding it off today, as usual, is a view from Ninian Hall of Fame. And I can't remember who won last week, so let me find it. Uh, unless you have it to hand, Ben. I've got it, yep. Yeah. Oh, lovely stuff. Go on, you can read the results this time, because I lost again. You did. You came solid last. <laughs> yes. And I got excited early on, because there was the chance of, a short, of, of an upset here with Sean Morrison's dog, Pippa, pipping the eventual winner, do the Ayatollah song, who becomes into Cardiff City view from the Indian Hall of Fame. Do the Ayatollah, do the Ayatollah. Oi, 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 oi. Nice, boys. That was a classic from the annals of Cardiff City. Well done, Tom. That, does that, I can't, I've lost track now. Does that mean Tom has two wins and Benny have one win? Yeah. You're yeah. So I'll so touch Ben James. Well, I'm just, not, I'm just not winning anything, so I don't care. I went dirty for the win as well. I thought I'd message Sean Morris's missus and see if she'd put it on her Twitter, on her uh, Instagram, see if we could oh, get some followers there. <laughs> uh, so ignore the ben, message. Just ignore ben the Price message. Is, ben Price is now banned from messaging anyone on Instagram. Uh, for <laughs> Targeting <laughs> harassment. Uh, and, and I mean, this week's Hall of Fame has a, a timely, a timely uh, topic to it. Um, and... Uh, Tom, did you win again last week? I've already forgotten in that last 30 seconds. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. So you can go first then. Um, so the, this is very much a Callum Patson themed view from the Indian Hall of Fame. I think, well, I've just gone for him slide tackling the net. Like, we've got players now who won't even slide tackle a player. This bloke ran full pelt to two foot and net after, <laughs> as a goal celebration, you know. That, that image of that, the still that they've taken from behind the goal, that, that, that I, I might just get on a canvas on the wall. What I like is it's not just it, he, he, he does that celebration, it wasn't his goal. He didn't no, it was, score. It was <laughs> exactly. Junior Hoyle, wasn't it? My word. It was. That what book, have you done? He, he absolutely loves it, Callum Patterson. And look, Ben's mm. even doing the, like the pitch for me here. That's how much people love it. So, how mm-hmm. can you not vote for Callum Patterson slide tackling a net? Well, it depends what the other two options are, doesn't it, Ben? So you can go next. 
It does. Um, for me, one of my favourite things that happened all season last year, everyone loves Will Vox's celebration. That somersault flip combination, incredible. Callum Patterson's attempt, <laughs> if anything, even better. Like, there's, there, there's shit housing an opponent after you've scored is one thing, but shit housing your own teammate after they've scored a worldie, and you Mwah. just... Just perfection. A thousand chest kisses. Perfection. And then my one is when we got promoted in 2017-2018. Uh, At one point, Callum Patterson was caught up in the pitch invasion to the point where he'd had his shirt taken off him and he was wearing someone else's sunglasses. And it generally didn't look like he was a footballer. It just looked like another punter in the crowd. But that, that image of him absolutely slugging a bottle of MD 2020 after the game with, with gay abandon, if you will, um, will we'll stick with me forever. Because he was just, again, he clearly just fucking loves it. And at that point, he couldn't have loved it any more, really. Um, and that, that was just him at his pure Scotch best, uh, absolutely slamming a bottle of MD 2020, which I, I've tried it. It's not the nicest drink in the world. And I, I hope he doesn't <laughs> listen to that and hear me say that. But that image will, will always stick in my mind because it was just like, here's a man. You know, we talk about Robin Friday, you know, the man who didn't give a fuck. But Callum Patterson also, I don't think, really gives a fuck. And I think in that moment, he proved to everyone that he was just going to do it in his own way. Um, so that's mine, really. Callum Patterson's like in MD2020. So as usual, the tweet will go on the VFTN Twitter page. That's at VFTNinian. You can find us there and get your votes in from Wednesday. And then we'll announce the winner again next week. I'm expecting another loss for me. I'm going to go with, with Tom winning this one. Um, that's my prediction early on. Yeah, it's gonna be, I think this will be the closest one. And it will be Wednesday this time. I won't forget to put the tweet out like I did last week. Yeah, Ben, you dickhead. Um, so that's it for this week. Ben, have you got anything else to apologise for? Um, for this or in life? Either or, really. I'm not opening that can of worms. All right, Tom? I just want to add that it's just coming through that the Hearts get a 15% sell-on clause from Callum Patterson as well, so it's even less money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry uh, no I've got nothing to add apart from that sorry I suppose the, the, the sell-on fee makes up for us giving him low to more really doesn't it so um, I hope, hope <laughs> well done hearts enjoy the money you know that old we've been thing. done on business by a, by a club that forgot to order seats for their own stand when they were building it oh, yeah I mean well, what, what a sad little life eh um, right that's it for another week. Um, hopefully next week we'll be in a more joyous spirits, but I don't see it happening somehow. Uh, ben, <laughs> that's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from Ben. Bye. And it's a goodbye from Tom. See ya. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny.
They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and